rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. July 8th. It is July 8th, right? Or is it the 9th? We'll come back to that. Anyway, it is definitely a good morning. It's definitely 8 o'clock, and it is definitely a Thursday. Uh, it's a little bit warm outside. It's supposed to be another hot day today, uh, but you're listening to Good Morning Aurora, Aurora's first podcast daily for local news, interviews, arts, culture, and everything in between. We have a very special guest with us today in the studio the first African-American chief of police of the city of Aurora, former police chief, Mr. Bill Powell. How are you today, sir? Good morning. I'm doing fine. Thank you. All right. You. All right. A round of applause. You know how we do. All claps will be live until we get the clap button. All right. So we're going to go into our um, announcements first for the city for the rest of this week and the next week, and then we'll begin with our interview. So first, uh, July 10th. Coming up at 11 o'clock a.m., there is another CAAN Network, Community Advocacy Awareness Network, food giveaway. It's going to be no ID required while supplies last. Martin Luther King Park, which is at Farnsworth and Grand Boulevard. Our friend Mary Foltz put that on. We posted this. There's also a need for volunteers. You can reach out to the uh, numbers that you see on the post. And Vets Post 103 is having a meat raffle. That's also um, Friday, July 10th at 6 o'clock p.m. And Vets Post is at 1194 Jericho Road, right next to the Aurora Food Pantry. So please come out and support them. The, all the proceeds will benefit local area, excuse me, local area residents, not just veterans. Uh, they cook real good, too. And if the weather's nice, you can hang out on the, the big patio table chairs they got on the side right there. And it's a good time. And if you walk a little bit away from there, there's a nice lake that you can sit at and dip your, your feet in the water. All right, we're back in Acoustic Evening with Larry McRae. That is Saturday, July 18th at 8 o'clock p.m. till 8.30 p.m. That's the venue online, Aurora, 
which is on their Facebook page and their YouTube. Uh, please like and follow that page. All of the uh, recent music ventures have been happening at the venue and also at Treadwell on the deck. Uh, shout out to Maribel Skipworth for the awesome show that recently happened back there on Treadwell's deck. That was a good one. All right, science, technology, engineering, and arts, excuse me, science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. From July 20th to July 24th, the 2020 STEAM College Connections Summer Camp for Kids will be happening. Uh, the camp will be providing, excuse me, knowledge building fun through experiences in coding, robotics, art, foreign language, chess, science, literature, college readiness, and much more virtually. Registration is open now. We've posted this, but we'll post this again today. This is brought to us by the DuPage County NAACP, serving DuPage, Kane, Kendall, and Will counties. The camp community partners are Illinois Math and Science Academy, Northwestern University, Elite Chess, Bridging the Gap Technologies, the Hughes Who Technologies, and North Central College Connections. The Aurora Transportation Center is a cooling center from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. daily for the duration, at least to the end of this week due to the high temperatures that have been experienced, and that's at 233 North Broadway, better known as the Metro, you know, if you, you old school like us. Just call it the Metro. Everybody knows what you're talking about when you say the Metro. Oh, the, okay, yeah, they got coffee. That's the place. Now you got Two Brothers Roundhouse, which connects down the little corridor and you can go there, get your coffee. Shout out to the boy St. Astro working there. Shout out to Ellie, everybody back there. Javi, everybody at the um, uh, at Two Brothers. So, yeah, if you know anyone, especially for seniors, if you know anyone who could benefit from the cooling center, please let them know or give them a ride up there. It is there to help. Monday, July 13th, there is Kevin Trudeau playing, streaming on Broadway at the venue. That's a Monday live stream, again, on the venue's uh, Facebook page and YouTube channel. Shout out to the venue. Beyond the Walls, an exhibition of graffiti, street art, and beyond. Gallery 1904 at 1 East Benton, Aurora, Friday, August 7th, from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m., and that's brought to us by our friends at Viso Arts. So shout out to the Viso Arts, the whole crew. And I'm going to tag you in this afterwards so you can listen too. Viso Arts, what up? All right. And our good friends at Aurora Public Art uh, still have virtual summer programming. Today, there is the Thursday Animal Draw Along with Jen Keller. You can access Aurora Public Art's live stream and watch by going to the Facebook page and YouTube channel for Aurora Public Art. This is brought to us by Gandhi, the Juice Guru Mobile Juice Bar the Rotary Club of Aurora, and the city of Aurora proper. And tomorrow there's a culinary demonstration with Gandhi the Juice Guru. Sounds good. All right, all right. So the time is now 8.05 a.m., and we are going to begin our long-awaited interview uh, with Mr. Bill Powell. So to start off with, for our listeners, could you please introduce yourself, tell us about, um, tell us who you are and where you're from. Yeah. Well, uh, my name is uh, Bill Powell, and... I, I'm uh, a former police chief uh, here in the city of Aurora. Um, born and raised on the south side of Chicago. Uh, basically educated through the Chicago uh, public school system through high school. Uh, graduated from high school and uh, left and went in, into the United States Air Force. Uh, spent uh, around four years in the, the, the Air Force. Got out. Went back to work 
for this, the city of Chicago. I actually worked for the Department of Buildings down in City Hall for a couple of months and uh, uh, di didn't like that and, and had to get out. <laughs> so uh, I actually had a good friend that uh, uh, was taking a test for the Department of Corrections, the, the juvenile division out here in St. Charles. So I decided to shag along with him. Uh, we, we, we took the test on a on a uh, Friday, if I remember correctly, and like by next, that following Wednesday, I was receiving a call that they wanted to hire me. So um, came out here, 1974, uh, started working for the Department of Corrections, worked there for three and a half years before I tested for the Royal Police Department, and uh, I was hired on the Royal Police Department in 1977. Wow. Wow, okay, all right. Uh, growing up, what impact did your mom have on your life? Uh, huge, huge, huge impact. Um, um, my mom was from, from, well, originally from Kentucky, but was born and raised in southern Illinois and, and uh, came from a large family, family of 11 uh, kids, lived in a very small house. Uh, um, dad was an was a actual coal miner. Um, so very, very humble. She came from very humble beginnings, but uh, she always impressed upon, I, I've got one brother and one sister, uh, impressed upon us, you know, getting an education, which uh, I didn't take to in, in my, my, my uh, teen years, in, in, in a sense. Uh, uh, didn't like school. You don't but, say. Um, <laughs> but we could read. I mean, I mean, I learned very early how to read and write, and, uh, you know, I think that... that uh, Definitely helped me, you know, throughout my, my career. And then when, when I became an adult, I, I, I realized the, the importance of education and, and, and went back to, to, to college. What was Chicago like when you were a kid? Uh, Chicago was, uh, uh, you know, not, not as, as rough as it is today. I mean, we definitely had uh, uh, gangs back in those days. Uh, I can sit here and tell you I, I was shot at a couple of times, you know, growing up in my teen years and stuff, running the streets of Chicago. Um, but we would, we were came through the the civil rights area in, in a sense. Um, we segregated a, a, a grammar school. Uh, uh, my family and, and and kids of our age were the first ones of color to actually go to this this grammar school and uh, got chased home from school a lot. You know, the proverbial railroad tracks. We had a railroad tr track that separated the 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 uh, white community in a sense from the African-American community. And like I said, we get out of school, we had to, we had to run for those tracks a few times. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, through the, the uh, I mean, the, the main civil rights area, the Martin Luther King area, the marching and everything like that, you know, I, I went to, uh, was able to see Martin Luther King at a couple of rallies in Chicago. And uh, so we were very much aware, you know, of, of that time of the, the, the changing, the changing culture of the, uh, the United States and, how important it was for us. Uh, I had some friends that were Black Panthers, uh, certainly observed the Black Panther movement uh, uh, and what they were doing, you know, for the community. Um, so it was very, really, to be honest with you, it was a very uh, uh, exciting and sometimes trying time. Um, and then you mentioned that you worked in City Hall for a little, in the buildings division, I think it yes. was. Yes. Um, what was it like, well, first of all, so what was it like working in City Hall in Chicago, but then also what was it like being uh, young, of working age, living in Chicago with everything, but also working within the, we'll call it the machine for a moment. Right. Well, the, when I worked at City Hall, the machine was definitely working because, uh, you know, I, I, this, there was, uh, I, that's one reason why I didn't really uh, appreciate or, or like what I was doing because I, I saw people 
who never did any work, you know, that just absolutely showed up for about a half an hour. And and uh, one gentleman, to be honest with you, basically told me he was a, a worker for Mayor Daly. He's out in the uh, the community doing whatever uh, the machine wanted him to do. Right. And he'd come in for half an hour, sign, sign his name out, and uh, and leave, you know. Right. And um, I'm sitting there, you know, struggling and, and working my butt off. And right. I didn't think, you know, I didn't think it was fair. So that, and I only worked for the city for like I think it was like three months or something like that, three, three, three and a half months. But I just could not, uh, I, I couldn't, couldn't stand that. Um, at that time, I was young, had just been married, just got out of service, you know. So I was living with mom and dad, living at home in the basement with mom and dad, with my, with my, my wife. And uh, so the living accommodations and stuff weren't weren't that bad, you know. what I'm saying I had a right. roof over my head. I didn't have to worry about rent per se right. you know, or anything like that. Had a roof over my head, so. And and it was making at that time I guess what you can consider for, for for three months making you know decent decent money right so uh, but uh, that was you know in, in doing that and some of the money I saved up when I was in the service and enabled me to you know once I did move out uh, here to to Aurora was uh, you know to get an apartment and and uh, to to start my 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 real life in a sense right yeah I know what you mean yeah. uh, when I I was in the Navy living doing my thing. California, everything. Um, got out the military, came back to, well, came to Naperville. My mom lived in Naperville. And, uh, you know, you're trying to plant your new roots and everything. And, and here I am now. Uh, you was you was somebody in the Navy. Now I'm living on my mom's couch for the for two months, sure. you know, get the security deposit sure. first last sure. months up to there you go. a very humbling yes. experience. Yes. Very humbling experience. I never forgot that. So I, I, um, I do know what you mean, because sometimes like life sucks, but as long as your your living conditions are okay, it it goes a lot to help you um, with your self esteem and everything. Sure. Um, so Chicago being segregated, what was it like going into the military? Was the military as segregated, or uh, what? How did you find that as a young man? Not 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 as segregated, but but I, I, I do have a story. Um, I met a guy. Uh, I can't even think of his first name. His last name was Sullivan, from West Virginia, and um, I was I worked in air freight, uh, and and so we would offload load planes, offload planes, cargo, you know, right. bodies from Vietnam, you know, the, the 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 whole bit. I was stationed at uh, Dover Air Force Base in Delaware, which is the uh, largest, you know, morgue in the United States. Wow, um, I didn't know that. But Sullivan. Uh, we, we sort of hit it off together, you know, and when we had a little break, we'd go over to Airman's Club and, you know, drink a few beers and stuff like that. And he was actually married. He lived off base. I lived on base. And he told me, he said he, he liked me. He told me he was raised to be a racist, you know, from, from, his, from his parents. But once he got into service, he understood and saw how everybody w w was alike. And he right. actually told me, he said, I'd, I'd love to take you home with me, he says, but my wife would not tolerate it. She'd have a fit. You know, and that's how close we actually had gotten right. that to the fact that he wanted to invite me, you know, to hang out with him at his home, but because his wife also brought West Virginia raised right. it and that that environment stuff wouldn't wouldn't allow and stuff. So, um, so that you know that 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 taught me a, a lot. Um, you could see where you know the white guys would hang with some of the white guys, and the majority of the black guys would hang with the black guys right. and stuff like that. But but it wasn't like we were. Uh, enemies or anything like that you right. know we all got along we all worked together stuff like that we all got along but we were actually more comfortable in our own culture in a sense right and that's that's what we you know that's what we did yeah so um so again another uh uh 
real eye-opening, you know, experience in a sense. You know, having come, like you said, from second grade to Chicago, right. in a sense of going into there, even though, the, like I said, the service wasn't as segregated, but it was to a certain extent. Right, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Uh, those, those, those lines of yeah. segregation aren't as... They're not as pronounced in the service. Right. Because at the yes. end of the day, you might actually, hey, you might not, you might hate black folks. Yes. You, your, your bunk might be underneath this brother. Right. So, exactly. Exactly. You know, your hate is going to have to be dealt with in some way. You got to get over it. Yeah. Um, as opposed to in the city or the small town where there's either a highway or a damn railroad okay. tracks, the Gold Coast as opposed to out uh, west. That separates you. That, yes. that you'll never see another person. Um, so you came to Aurora in 1978. Four. 1974. 1974. What was Aurora like when you came here? Small town, man. You know, um, well, when I moved to Aurora, I, you know, I want to say that the, the size of the city was like maybe seventy or eighty thousand people at, at that time. Um, so I. Didn't know anybody, you know, when I when I moved out here. So when I when I worked for the Department of Corrections, um, got a, got a few, you know, met a few people that lived in the area. Right. You know, so in a sense, they became my friends. A couple of white white guys, you know, a couple of uh, African Americans, you know. So they became my 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 friends in, in in a sense, and we would sort of hang out sometimes in that close circle. Right. You know. Um, um, but as the you know as time went on, you know, and and especially once once I became a police officer and I kept started moving throughout the community, I met more and more more people to the point now where you know I, you know I, I, I probably know half Aurora in a yeah. sense, in, 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 in a sense, you know, right. yeah. um, and you know I quite honest with you when I moved out here, you know Chicago was still my home, right? You know you asked me today, my home's Aurora, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm from Chicago, born and raised in Chicago, right? But, but I'm from Aurora, yeah, you, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, I've, I've evolved in a sense just like the city has evolved, you know, o o over the years. Um, so you were with the Department of Corrections first and then became a police officer. Yes. Um, uh, do you miss the – well, uh, it's been a long time since you've been with the Department of Corrections. But I think the question I have is when you became a police officer, did you ever miss corrections? No, not in a sense, you know. I, I again, like I said, I, I lived, I, you know, I worked in the juvenile division at that time. Right. So I actually worked at a place that's no longer in existence uh, in, in Geneva. I, I worked at what they used to call the girls' school. Mm -hmm. um, it was a uh, facility for many, for hundreds, almost 100 years, just for young females, right. you know. And then uh, uh, back in the early 70s, late 69, 68, 69, or early 70s, before I came there, they had transferred, uh, uh, it became a co-ed facility. They had, okay. they had boys and girls. So, I mean, what I enjoyed, I was young at that time. I was in my 20s. I was young at that time. And, and, and what I enjoyed about that was trying to talk to these, these, these young teens, you yeah. know, uh, predominantly from the Chicago area, Chicago, Chicago area, and trying to get in, inside their heads, you know, to, to see why, they, you know, they, they did, why they were there. Well, of course, I knew why they were there, but, you know, to... Try to change their mindset. Yeah, talk to, to them help. as an adult, you know, and change their mindset to show them a different, you know, to shift their paradigm in a sense to show them, you know, the benefits of living life in a productive way. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Instead of a counterproductive right. way. So, I mean, I sort of like like doing that. Uh, I still like doing that to a certain extent now. Uh, even when I became a police officer, same thing. I worked uh, drugs and narcotics a lot and gangs. And, you know, just talking to, you know, some of the gang members that I got along with very well, you right. know, uh, and just to try to show them, you know, there, there is a different way, you know, under, understanding why they're doing what they're doing and not condemning them in a sense for doing what they're doing. But then again, just trying to show them, you know, try to get them to see that there's a that there's a better way in life than, you know, standing on the corner and, you know, fighting and selling right. drugs and stuff right. like that. Yeah. yeah, that's why I asked that question, because I know that you in your capacity as a police officer, like it's not just a job. There is a, you've been trying to help. Like, look, you know, school people try to show them that this is not for you, you know, and I think uh, I actually talked to a guy once upon a time, not on the show, um, who worked at uh, in Chicago, uh, 26 in California for like three years. And I asked him what that was like. And, um, you know, you watch those TV shows and it's like lock up raw. Uh, and I asked him, you know, and he was like, he's like, yeah, it's like that. But I like my job. You know what I mean? Because he said that he was able to like interact with people and not see them come back and not be the revolving right. door. And he yeah. said that those were few and far in between. Twi- right. But he said each, each little one of them made him feel like he was, it, it, he, he said this, and it was so cliche, but I felt him. He said, it made me feel like I'm fighting crime. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm actually Superman. Like, I'm actually, sure. you know, I'm getting three out of every hundred, but sure. hell. Sure. <laughs> sure. Look, I, you know, I grew up in Chicago. I grew up with guys. You know, we were in the Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts together, stuff like that, that, t- that uh, uh, went into that gang culture. Right. You know, and, and I saw them you know, get locked up and go to jail and go to prison. You know, I, I saw some of them get hooked on drugs and, and, and alcohol. And, uh, you know, I, I'll sit here today and say a lot of those, those guys who are my friends aren't with us today. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're dead. You know, um, I've seen guys who were br- brilliant, man, you know, mind-wise, brilliant, uh, not being able to reach their potential because they sort of got off off track, right. you know. And I'll never forget, my dad told me when I was a kid, when I was very young, he told me, he says, look, God gave you a brain for a reason. You know, he gave you a brain for you to think, not for somebody else to think for you. Right. You understand? So be your own man, be an individual. And, you know, my dad would talk to me about, you know, go, going to uh, uh, a jail and, pr- and, and prison and stuff like that. And, um, you know, that just sort of took hold with 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 me right. you know i just couldn't i could not see myself being locked behind bars not being able to do not not to have my freedom right okay yeah. to do what i want to do when i want to do it you know somebody right. tell me and i did that when i worked for the department of corrections i told the kids go to bed you know turn the tv off right you know go to school you know I'm, i had to take them over to school you know their school and stuff you know so i didn't want anybody in a sense to manage me you know, other than myself, you know. So right. I, I guess I was lucky in that sense that I, that, that I had a dad that was, uh, 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 that was there, I guess you could right. say. You know, not to say that moms can't do that because, you know, mom was part of, you know, my upbringing of too course, and keeping yeah. me in, in, in line and stuff. But, um, but I had a man's pers- perspective, I guess, in a sense, you know. Right. So it, was, it, was, it, was, uh, it definitely benefited me. Um, so let's talk about the Aurora Police Department and you being on. What was your first day like as a police officer? Do you remember that day? Uh, I, I remember being sworn in. Um, 
a, a lot of formalities, really, you know, in the first couple of days, a lot of formalities as far as paperwork and, you know, you got to go and get your uniforms, you know, and everything like that. Right. Um, so I actually, it was actually, I think, I, I, I'll never forget, the, the first day in a squad car for me was I still didn't have a uniform. Um, I had a gun. They threw me in, into a, a, a squad car. Matter of fact, they threw me in a paddy wagon with, with uh, a police officer who's since, you know, he, he's not living now. And uh, they just said, go ride with him for the rest of the day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, so just talking to him, you know, that first day and trying to get, you know, the, the you know, the, 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 the land, yeah. you, know, yeah. you know, what's going on and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, it was different. It was an experience. Yeah, huh? it was an experience. Yeah, it was. Um. When now I, I've I've asked people about it, um, and you know disclosure for the listeners, I have never been a police officer. I don't know any of the day to day rigors of it, uh, nor the mentality. But I do know what it's like to be young, armed, and have authority over my well petty officer of the watch. Sure. My section. Sure. Um, you know I. I'm 19 years old. No human is coming on this boat. That's right. Past me. That's right. Um, That's right. I do know what that feels like. What is that like, having that authority vested to you as an officer at some of the ages that we are seeing uh, people come into the academy and all that? What is is that like? And a badge as well. You know, what is that like? It's it's a... uh I mean, it, it, it's 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 huge knowing that all of a sudden now that that you are you know I, you're the man, right? You, 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 you know what I'm saying? I mean, you're you're, you're, you're the man. Yeah. You're the authority in, in in a sense, right? You know, um, so mind wise to me. It 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 just meant that I have to uh, honor the law, right? You know what I'm saying, and I have to go out and do that in in a, in a way that, in a sense, that that that's fair. Um, I never I never, in a sense, had the man's mindset that you know now I'm the I'm the new sheriff in town. Right. You know what I mean? You're gonna do what I say. You right. know or anything like that. Um, and and I think today. You know, a lot of times that's where we, we fall into the, the issues that we have, have in policing because we have people that sometimes have that mindset, you know, that, uh, hey, you know. Now, of course, if I ask you to do something, I, I, I do it for a reason. You know, I want sure. you to turn around and, and, and do yeah. something. Um, but I'm not doing it in, in a sense to try to restrict you from your um, um, your responsibilities or, or, or your your mindset in a sense. I'm doing it because what I'm trying to get across to you is, is, is I want you to do this so that you're safe, that I'm safe, or that people around you are, are safe. Um, so yeah, it, it's 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 a very thin line, man. I'm telling right. you, it's a it's a it's a very thin line of, and and, and a lot of us in, in policing we get that 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 we have that power trip. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That it's. And I, and I taught at the academy, you know, police academy stuff. It's either you do as I say or else. Right. 
you know, then there's going to be some, some kind of action. And uh, you never want to back yourself, in a sense, up in, in, into that. You know, right. uh, you, you want to be able to, to, to converse with people where you can get them to do what you'd like them to do, but not in a way where you have to put your hand on your gun to turn around and do it. Yeah, you, like this, you can catch more bees with honey exactly. than you can with vinegar, yes. you know. And yes. uh, I've always, uh, you know, I don't know, somebody need to tell the boy, especially within the black community, to have a cop come out and be cool would go a long way uh. to to uh. just be, it's, just uh. not bust balls. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and I think that's the that's what it is, which is why I asked that specific question. Abs it's yes. like it's like within the black community, before I even get into the violence and drawing the gun, it's the ball breaking. Yeah. The yeah. busting balls. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? The 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 slurs and the, and the roughness with with all that for the taillight being out. Right. Right. We're not talking about six grams of crack and discharging a firearm. We're talking about jaywalking. Right. We're talking about well, why rolling stops right. and shit like that. Well, if you if you if you turn around and look at a lot of the 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 most recent egregious uh, police actions in the country, uh, and you can take that back years in a sense. A lot of a lot of the the, the major issues and the, the the major you know you want to say riots or or, or disorder or anything like that right. come from 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 an event that's very minor. Minor. It's very minor. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, uh, and it is. It's it's how it's it, it's how and and that's what we try to teach, in in, in the academies, is uh, how you interact with with other people. You right. know what I'm saying? And I'll, I'll you know I'll, I'll say this. I I as a, a as a black man, I'm very comfortable going into the black community and interacting with with black people because that's where I grew up. Right. That's me. Right. Yeah. I as a black man, I'm very comfortable going into the white community and. And dealing with white people because I've basically lived in a quote unquote white world. No, yeah, I, I yeah, exactly. You, 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 you to know be what I'm out saying? in this area doing your your thing in the years that you mentioned. Right. My dad used to tell me, I, not to interrupt you. My so, dad no, no, used to no. tell me about when he would jog uh, trails in Naperville and Batavia. He know Fabian Park with all that shit. That's that's old. He was jogging there. I was born in '82. He was jogging there in the '70s, and he would tell me about incidents white boys throwing a little bottle or something whatever right not everybody doing that but it's a lot of yeah. it um so i i get you know I, I feel what you mean yeah it's the white world right but we're just having a moment in time in it exactly you know Ex exactly so i think you know and, and when we when we talk about policing in a sense i think a lot of times uh that's that's the issue with when we see these uh white police officers having negative uh 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 impact of relationships with, with African-Americans is because they really don't know the African-American community and they have never taken the time to turn around and, and get to know. Now, I know some white officers, and I'll be quite frank with you, I know some white officers that are very comfortable in the African-American community. Right. They can turn around and, and, you know, I mean, they're not afraid. They can turn around and talk and stuff. And yeah. and, and um, those, are, those are the police officers that really don't get into, you know, the issues of, Putting the knees on 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 the neck, they don't you know, even or shooting somebody that's running them. away. Right. You know, right? Yeah, they they just don't get into that uh, uh, th that type of scenario. So, um, I think today, 
I mean, it, the, 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 the main issue is, you know, how, how do you find that person that's comfortable? You know, how do you hire, how do you hire a person that, that, that's comfortable in, in dealing with, you know, or who had, how do you hire that person who has had interactions with people unlike themselves? Right. You, you know what I'm saying? So that when they come into the, the, the policing profession, that they're comfortable dealing, you know, and, and, and talking to people of all, you know, type of ilk, you know? Um, what is a police officer to you? Well, a, a police officer to me is, is someone who who um, is there to protect. You know, that's that's not the first role. You right. know, but but I mean that's part of their job is to turn around and protect and make sure that the community is safe. Right. I mean, and again, a person that that can help. You know, what I'm saying a person that that can solve issues. Right. Um, I mean, that's the, we're, we're, we're problem solvers. That's what police, policing, I think, is supposed to be. We're problem solvers. And, um, you know, even though a lot of times we come into complex situations, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, we are bound by a set of rules, in a sense, on how we turn around and, and, and deal with those situations. I mean, we're, we're given a lot of leeway, you know, if... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a cop in the 70s, 80s and stuff like that. I run into a teenager and he's got a joint on him, you know. I could arrest a kid, you know, for having a joint. Right. But I look at it and say, well, wh why, why do I want to put this kid in the system for just a joint, you know? I'd much rather take the, the, you know, the, it away from him, right. give him a tongue lashing in a, in a sense, right. and try to explain to him why, you know, it's not good to turn around and run around it, and, 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 you know, let him go. Or notify his parents and say, hey, look, I need you to, you know, understand which I've done many times. I want you to understand, what, you, you know, this, this road that your kid, I see your kid all the time. I see your kid hanging out with people that are so, somewhat risque. Right. I want you to understand which road your child is, is, is going down so that you as a parent can somehow, you know, start interacting with your kid and trying to, you know, talk to him. Because I'm not back. with your child. Right. You know, I see him a couple of times, maybe a day, once or twice a day, right. or other, every other day. You're with him all the time, you know. Um, what was... What was crime like in Aurora in the 70s and, and 80s and all that? You know, yeah. I feel that, uh, but, to, but to give a little bit of a, a little bit more meat to that, I think that, you know, crime is pretty, uh, the types of things are pretty consistent. I know it's low now than what it used to be, but, um, you know, talk about what it is and what affects it and what people are doing. And so, you know, what was it like then? When I, when I came on a job in, in, in 77, um, I mean, you had your, your, your crimes. We paid, we paid a lot more attention to the, in a sense, to the burglaries, you know, and the thefts and stuff like that. You know, on the weekends, Friday, Saturday nights, bar fights. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. You know, we had some bars in towns and, and stuff where. I heard there's a lot more bars back then than our. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then and even before I came on, you know, I would hear, you know, stories of some of the bars, yeah. you know, here in town and, and the history behind them and stuff. And. But we had some, we had some, we had some real tough, uh, uh, you know, bars do, during my time, right. you know. But, and, and as a matter of fact, when I worked uh, 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 those those nights, you know, when I worked like eleven to seven, eleven at night to seven in the morning, you know, bars typically closed down at, at two o'clock on the weekends. I, you know, as soon as I got in my squad car, I went out in my area and looked at all the bars to see what type of crowds they had, right. because I knew typically if we got a call, you know, to to uh, 
you know, an issue at a bar. Right. I wanted to know how many people we were going to turn around and, and deal with. Right. The know. character. What's the flavor what, like? What the yeah. Fla- yeah, yeah. In, in a sense, because, you know, back in those days, be quite frank with you, back in those days, we might have, when I came on a job, we might have five squad cars for the whole city. Really? On a night shift. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Might have five or six squad cars back in, back in the, the 70s and stuff on, on the midnight shift, you know? Wow. So, you, you, again, you, I wanted to make sure, you know, that I knew if we got called to that place, I'm going to get on the, the, the air and say, hey, look, you know, hey, guys, knock off what you're doing and why don't you start sliding this way? Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yeah. we used to have some heck of a bar fights, you know? Wow. Yeah. So, but yeah, but that, that, that was, you know, the, uh, the, the, the gang, I mean, even though we had gangs back in that time, I mean, there, there wasn't the shoot 'em up, you know. I mean, the right. it wasn't wasn't the, the the homicides. Even though we did have homicides, it wasn't the 15, 20, 25 homicides a year, right. stuff like that. That wasn't occurring during that time. That started, you know, late late mid 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 eighties, you know, wow. mid to uh, you know from maybe 82, 81, 82, 83 and stuff. It started escalating a, a, a little bit, you know. Um, now, let's see here. Time is now. 835, you're listening to Good Morning Aurora, and we're sitting down with Bill Powell, the first African-American police chief and former police chief of Aurora. Um, now, tell us about going from police officer to chief of police. Yeah. Well, that, that was that was a, a huge step, man. I mean, I, I could sit here we could sit here for hours and talk about, you know, my ascension up to, to the rank of, of, of police chief. You know, I was the first African-American sergeant, first African-American lieutenant, first African-American commander, oh, wow. you know, f- first, first uh, 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 chief. Um, every step that I, every, every level that, that I sent it to in the, throughout the police department, I, I looked at a level up and says, hey, I can do that. You know, I can do that. I can do that. Um, there was a time in my career where I actually looked to, for, I, I was actually shopping, uh, looking to leave Roar, going to another police department. It's because of issues that I had early in my, my career with racism on, mm-hmm. the, on the police department. Uh, I had some supervisors that were devout racists, and, and everybody knew it. And uh, um, I was the fourth African-American on the police department. You know, so, and what they would do, we had four shifts. What they would do to us is they'd put each of us on each shift. Right. So that in a sense, we couldn't. You know, bond and, and, and assist oh, yeah. together and stuff, oh, that's, and stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. You know, that's, We're gonna sprinkle their ass right, out. Right. That, that was that was one of the tactics. And um, again, I was I was I was actually looked at as an outsider. You know, I, because I came from Chicago. Right. You know, and I knew I, I knew I know how to police the streets. You know, but uh, you know I was looked at from my supervisors as a wise guy in in, in a sense. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I got you know I I. I I, I let them know in a sense that I wasn't a punk. Right. You, you know. You know what I'm saying. And and uh, they didn't like, you know, that little rebellion. I guess in a sense, you know. And I rebelled against them to a certain extent because of the racism. Right. Uh, and, and I called one of them out on it. You know. Um, to the point where he actually called me in his office and and, and you know he asked me. He says, why, you, why do you get upset every time I use the term nigger? Mm-hmm. You know. And I said because you. And I told him. I said because I've never heard you call a white person a nigger. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and he'd suspend me, you know, he'd lie on me, get me suspended and stuff like that, you know. And, and it was to the point where I, wa- I didn't want to leave the department. And, and uh, then one day just something came over me. I said, hey, look, I can do this job. You know, nobody, nobody ever questioned, you know, my ability to go out there in the street and do the job. But I said, I'm acting out in a sense doing exactly what they want me to do. They want to get right. me, fire me from this job. You understand? They want to get rid of me. 
And I said, ah, no. I said, I'm not going to let that happen. You know, so I said, right. I just sort of, I just sort of made up in my mind. I said, nope, I'm sticking this thing out, you know, and I'm going to win. You know, I'm going to win. I'm going to do whatever it takes. What is it that white people don't get about black people? <laughs> there is a lot of things, and, and that's what we're going through today. When you look at the news, you know, um, um, they don't understand why we're, we, we get upset with Confederate flags. Uh, uh, that's just you know just one little little right, yeah. little, little thing, but I mean I think it's it, it, it's huge. They don't they don't understand they don't understand what we there's a lot of white folks that don't really understand what African Americans have gone through in our lives, Be only because simply because of the color of our skin. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, back in the er er early days, you had immigrants that turned around and came over here. You know, you had Italians and Irish and Jewish people and everything like that. But they have very easily assimilated into the, 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 the culture, in a sense, you know what I'm saying, white. because of the color of their skin. Right. You understand? We can't do that, you know. And we were brought over here specifically to be slaves, right. you know. So, so a lot of times the white folks don't understand that, that you know, we built this country. Right. For free. We didn't get paid. You know what I'm saying? We built this country and we are are we want what is due to us. And that's equality. You know, don't give me more than somebody else simply because I'm black. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just want to be treated equally. That's all. And I I'll, I'll do I'll do my thing from there, you know. That's one of the things I've told you know the officers that I have had conversations with in non-confrontational manners. I've I've told them like, you know, to the degree that a perfect world could exist, it would start, you know, that term, the book. We're going by the book. If the book was applied all across the board, I don't think there would be any racism. Or, you know, whatever the right. social... I mean, right. if, if a 13-year-old white kid was put in a half Nelson on top of his skateboard for half a joint I think that that would go a long way to being the, the by the book the equal society right. um, what's what is good for the goose would have to be good, good for, for the, the gander game. kind of thing um, the thing that I think uh, as a as a young brother, I th the thing that I think is most missing from, uh, especially in this time that we're going through now in the, in the country, the thing that I think is missing the most from the relations between black pe people of color and the police is that nobody is really trying to work through issues that exist now. They on the police side trying to keep it the same and on the people of color side it's to throw out the baby with the bath water and start the whole thing over yesterday i was at city hall because they had the race um it, policing in the community right. recommendation session and uh i gave a couple of little points you know what i'm saying i was sitting in the back like a bunch of cops was back i could feel the heat yeah i could feel the heat, heat. yeah i yeah. could feel it right now right. there was a couple of people in the crowd that was you know um uh, you know, 
not giving recommendations, more like telling stories, things like that. I guess they brought up an incident where a brother uh, had got hit in his eye. You know, like the but the telephone game, by the time you hear the story, who knows what it sure. is. Yeah. I guess the North Royal Police Department had arrested a brother, and his eye got messed up. Okay. The story was he got hit in the face with the gun and all that, uh, but... Uh, the members of the police yesterday was like, look, that didn't happen. He, we, nobody hit him with a gun and all that. The story is not that deep. I'd like that they spoke up for themselves, but there was not much concrete looking at what exists and seeing what's wrong with that. Right. I kept trying to cite the law. The state law and the federal law, I believe, is a cop can use any reasonable force that he wants to defend himself but the chokehold part says he can only use per illinois cs five tax seven but illinois cs five tax seven says that he could use any force that's, that's, that he wants. i mean what kind of yeah. shit is that and that's the i believe that's the problem i think that's one of the right problems the, the, the problem in, in 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 policing and the problem in our country is humanity Right. It's a human problem. We don't look at people as as human, especially, and and that's the way the system has been been set up. To be, to be quite frank, oh with yeah, you. yeah, you know that's the way the, the system has been set up. Um, and and again, because of how African Americans have been portrayed throughout history, okay, now, you know, and even the president of the United States, we're thugs. Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? Right. We're not protesters. We're thugs. Yeah. Black you know? Lives Matter is hate speech. I, ex or, exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. I, 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 exactly. And that's 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 what the issue is. Is that we don't look at 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 at, at um, and I'm and I'm gonna call, include myself as we because I'm I'm an ex police officer and I it's hard for me to say you know not to include myself in a sense sure. but we don't look at people as as humans. We turn around and look. We see a black person. Standing on a corner, ah, the guy's got to be dealing dope. Right. Why does he have to be dealing dope? Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'll take that a step further. Maybe he was caught on that corner yesterday dealing dope. Okay? Sure. Today's a different day. He's standing on the corner. Why does he have to be dealing dope today? Right. You understand? We can't disengage ourselves from, in policing a lot of times, from... Okay, but uh, uh, putting a target on that person because, well, I caught him do, do, doing that. He's got to be doing, you know, that again today or tomorrow or next week. It's hard for us to turn around and, and dis disengage. And we're trained that we shouldn't be doing that. Right. But it's done every single day. It's done every single day. Um, I'm of the belief. And this is this is my statement. I'm of the belief that German culture, Polish culture, Lithuanian culture, Hungarian culture, Austrian culture, Estonian culture, um, Latvian, all of those nationalities that make up white. I'm of the belief that, you know, Black people are not looked at very favorably in any of them. Mm -hmm. So I'm of the belief that when you have people 
who have those backgrounds and those thought processes who are police officers, you are inevitably going to have people who, I'm not, I'm not calling them the SS, mm -hmm. but you have people who simply don't like black people. It, it is, it is therefore, dare I say, natural that a pretty white girl is not going to get a ticket for speeding. Mm -hmm. But Ray Ray with, with the blowout, mm -hmm. who, sure. who has a license, yes. who, whatever, his five miles over is going to go markedly different. Yeah, it's it's and and, and the it's thing a human is, thing as to uh, to your point is what I'm yeah and and the thing is and, and, and is you know we'll we'll sit here you and I as African Americans we'll sit here and look at that and 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 we'll talk about white cops and, and white cops but black cops do the exact same thing they do they do I'm black, glad you brought that yeah, up black, if right. if the majority of police in America were black if police departments was ninety two percent black I have no doubt that brothers would probably slam a 10-year-old white kid to the street for some shit. I, 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 you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I'll be quite frank with you. I think there needs to be more African-Americans in, 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 in police. I think so, too. And, 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 it's, and it's hard, it's hard in today's climate, you know, to turn around and, and, and do that. I'll tell you for a fact, I'll be quite brutally honest with you. Aurora police needs more African-American police officers. Oh, yeah, on, on, definitely. On the force. Definitely. Um, um, and... You know, that's why sometimes when I go out in the community, I try to talk to young young uh, uh, people. Um, I, I ran into a, 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 a student from Aurora University who was mm -hmm. working, and uh, African American young young, young man, yeah. and uh, I, I got to talking to him a little bit and stuff. And I said, you know, I, I like this guy, I like this kid, mm -hmm. you know. And I try my best to talk him into, hey man, why don't you come in out and test with the Royal Police Department? I'm trying to t give him the right. benefits in, in in the sense of the stuff like that. I mean, he was like, absolutely not. Yeah, of you know, all the things. Uh, that's do. right. I don't want <laughs> yeah. anything to turn. Hey, man, but it's cool. You can raise your family. You can do this. You know what I mean? It's get, get your pension and all right, that. Right. Yeah. Abs absolutely not. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? And um, so, again, it, 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 it is hard. And and we shoot ourselves in the foot, in a sense, by doing what's been, you know, we see on TV uh, being done across the country. And and we turn off these young, young African-Americans that would do well. See, I'm of a mind, you know, if you work within, and, and you and I were talking about this earlier, if you work within the system, yes. you can turn around and change the system yes. in, 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 in a sense. And that's why when I, when I rose, you know, to the rank of, of chief and commander and even lieutenant in a sense, I sat at the table and had a word, of, you know, about what's going on in the community and how we were going to do certain things in, in, in the community. Certainly as a chief, I was the last word, you, right. you know what I'm saying? It's uh, not so much my way or the highway, but... I would listen to all my commanders and everything like that and, and before I made a decision because I wanted to get input from, from everybody because I'm certainly not the smartest person in the world. But uh, the ultimate decision came down to me on what we were going to turn around and, and, right. and do. Uh, and I'll be quite frank with you. I, I, um, there's a couple of decisions that I made as, as the chief. Um, we have this, this arm, armored vehicle right now out there that's, that's called the Bearcat. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, one of my commanders, when I was a chief, wanted, w w said, we need a Bearcat. Nope. You know, 
And he said, well, why, why are you so adamant against it and stuff like that? I said, because I don't think it portrays, especially in the African-American community, you know, I don't think it, it's, it's a good signal in, in, in a sense. When no, you, it's not. Pr- pr- you know, pull up with this armored vehicle. Gestapo. Here yeah. they come. Right. Well, I mean, he argued with me and argued with me and argued with me to the point of, you know, he, he got a point across to me. He says, look, and, and, you know, we need this vehicle because if we get into a situation where we have an active shooter or anything like that, we can use this vehicle for protection for citizens and the police officers. I sat back, you know, thought about it for a little while. I turned around and says, okay, all right, all right, you know, go ahead and do it. Do it. So we, we went out and, and bought that. The other thing, the, the decision that I held off for a long period of time is they wanted rifles in the squad cars. Nope. I'm not going to do it. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. You know. And well, why, why not? I said, I can foresee somebody going on a domestic dispute. going at, Now, we used to, when I came on a job, we had shotguns in, in the squad. Right, and we got that's, rid of those. That's kind of my era. We got rid of those. That's kind of my era yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. But but they wanted rifles in the squads, and I said I could foresee somebody going on a, a domestic, going into the squad, reach you know, getting his rifle and taking it into a domestic violence call or something like that. I said no, we're not getting rifles in the squads. Right. But then it got to the point where there were certain instances, you know, uh, school shootings and stuff like that, and I sat back and listened to all the you know the discussions, arguments, and stuff, and. And did my due diligence and said, yeah, well, we probably need to put some rifles in some squads, you know. And uh, but I did that because of how I thought that the community would view those types of things. Right. My thoughts were community based. Right. Even more so than police based in a sense. Sure. Yeah. Until I got that, you know, until I got the argument where it would benefit in a sense the police. And then I turned around and, and, and changed my mind. Now, again, I know that, you know, the Bearcats and stuff are popular t- today. I know, I, I understand that. But there is, there is a, uh, uh, a reason to have those, those types of vehicles. And uh, uh, its use has been beneficial, you know, especially, right. especially the, the Pratt shooting. I was real beneficial during the Pratt shooting and stuff like that. So um, I look at it this way. If you save one life one time, maybe it's worth it. You know, right. Uh, yeah. Not you don't have to bring it out all the time. You know what I'm saying? You don't r- drive down the street every day in it yeah. and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> but but certain certain instances, you know, I, I, I think it's the, uh, those type of things are beneficial. Uh, what's the best thing? What What's the best thing about Aurora? What's what's Aurora got going for? Man, man Aurora is, is, is I, don't, I, I can't even say the best. I mean, the community as a whole, man. I mean, the housing, the people. The majority of people in Aurora are real, I mean, are, are great people. The housing, you know, uh, we would all like to see, you know, uh, uh, maybe a little bit more, you know, the entertainment. I, I, even that's coming on in, 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 in years. Um, uh, the food, I think I said education. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just, it is. It's a great, it's a great place to, to really raise a family, you know, comfortably. Right. You know, and... Uh, uh, I, you know, I like I said, I born and raised in Chicago. I'm an Aurora. You know, that's I'm 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 I'm, I'm from Aurora. Right. You know, if anybody asks me, uh, because I do, I, I I love the city and I care about it. I care about I care about its people. So um, I think Aurora can still do a lot of you know things, and I think we're we're, we're right now we're headed in the right direction. Right. Uh, uh, but man, I mean, it's 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 
You know, and in, you know it's it's close to Chicago. If you want to go into Chicago for entertainment or stuff like that, you can jump on a train. You're in Chicago in an yeah. hour, and you can do whatever. You know, hit you, the you metric, like get the, the weekend city. pass. Right, chill out. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to you, know, you want to do that? So it's 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 located. It's the location is great. You know, a lot of people work in Chicago. You yeah. know, they've been to work. Um, so I had uh, when we talked when we talked on the phone, I did say that we were going to infuse a little bit of. A little bit of the dusties in it, so I, I need your opinion on this. I, I something that kept me up all night. Al Green or Marvin Gaye? Marvin Gaye. Okay. Okay. Gaye. <laughs> Definitive. Yep. Definitive. Yep. Um, I was listening to What's Happening, Brother. Not to, to well, today's Thursday. This would have been Monday. Um, man, I had to play it again because I was cooking i don't know if anybody else does this i got the news on or something like that but it's on mute mm -hmm. you know just background static mm -hmm. and i'm bumping some music and what's happening brother came on and i'm looking on the tv right congress is yada 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 they trying to kill daca protests against the yada yada statues coming down confederate flags and all this and the music with what I'm looking at, was never more Appro appropriate. Yeah, never more appropriate. Right. You know, and that's something that goes back to guy I know. He's a good brother though, talking to me and everything. He was like, Curtis, man, why did you know? Here's my thing about the statues and the flag. You know, they they tearing it down, they ripping it down, they stepping on the Confederate flag and all this other kind of shit. He's like, look, I'm just not with the destruction. Why don't they just try to get? together some things and ask and you know present it to the to the board and people make decisions look man my mom is from tennessee my dad is from macon georgia they both came to chicago when they was like seven or eight years old since they was kids they've been writing letters and shit and trying to see if the school board would take down the confederate flag and see if do a little rally in front of the courthouse and to yeah. and they was met with dogs oh, and hoses yeah. and all kinds of shit. Yeah. Look, man. It, the beauty of what's going on right now, I think, is it's not just a black demonstration. It's not just black folk out there demonstrating right it's all types of folk out there demonstrating back in the 60s i mean civil rights era we even had white folk back then demonstrating but not as many white folk as we have right now if exactly. you turn around and, and watch and you know our president's talking about you know the thugs and stuff like that well when i'm watching tv i'm seeing white folk breaking out windows right y y you understand right. uh, i see white folk crawling into store right you know, so, I mean, and, and, and like you said, you know, I, I think people get tired of writing and, and talking. And, and that's a good way to, to do things, to, to, uh, to express yourself. But it gets to a point where, like you said, we're not getting any benefit behind that. So now we have to turn around and make our point in a different way. Right. And, and, and. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes it's it's through tearing stuff up. Right. You know, unfortunately. 
and and a lot of times, you know, again, it's it's not it's not you and I that are out there, even though we might disagree. It's not you and I that are out there tearing things up. It's just a certain segment of the community that is fed up, that's out there tearing stuff up, because that's the only way they know how to turn around and express their anger. Right. You know, that's so, their only voice. Right. In, in some right. Uh, some instances. Right. Um, the time is now uh, 8:58 a.m. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up, but I wanted to uh, give you the chance. We'd like to end the show on a positive note. If you can, um, give what you feel the youth, especially of Aurora, should be taken with them as they go about this day and go forward. We're, we're, we're in, in, in troubled times right now, you know, due to uh, COVID, uh, you know, the, 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 the community changing uh, the issues in policing. Uh, you have a, the, the youth have a lot to look forward to in this world. But they're the change agent. You know, the youth are the change agent. And they have to understand and, and, and realize that. If we're going to make a positive change, you know, in, in our world, they're the ones four, five, 10, 15 years from now that are going to be r running that change. So, I would, you know, implore the youth to educate themselves on the history of our country, educate themselves, you know, on what's going to be happening 15 years from now. Technology is certainly is, is, is huge. And endeavor, look to themselves to make, to make a change, to make a positive change, because they, they can turn around and, and, and uh, change this world. Change is definitely a good thing. Yes. Um, I'd also like to second that and just add also that uh, a good way to change things to the youth is to be a part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem. Maybe yeah. you should be the police. Maybe you should be the sheriff. Maybe you should. If you don't like what's going on, how can you get in there and change it? You can do a lot. I'll tell you step one is to vote. And step yes. two is to fill out the census. Yes. You heard it here. Yes. This is Good Morning Aurora. We had a great conversation with the former police chief of Aurora and first African-American everything in regards to law enforcement within the department in Aurora, Mr. Bill Powell. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Y'all be blessed and have a good Thursday. This was brought to you. We thank you by our sponsors at PLS. You can learn more about PLS by visiting our page. We'll be having information on them uh, as a business, and we thank them.